My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? My uncle abused me. The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is the morning meeting. Hello, I'm Mandy Zucker, host of The Morning Meeting. Thanks for joining us today. Today's guest is Bob Philippone. He's a radiologist in Waterloo, Iowa. He's also founded the Young Artists Theater. His child was on the podcast last season. Their name is Glory Day. Glory Day is transgender and came out in college And it was actually a very popular episode. And many of you had questions and were curious about what the process was for them to come out to their parent and what it was like for their parents to hear and to sort of come to terms with the fact that they have a transgender child. So I reached out to Glory Day's father and asked if he would speak with us. Um, So I'm really excited to have him. I hope that you find this episode interesting and And here's the interview. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the Morning Meeting podcast. I am really excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. This is almost like a follow-up to an episode I did last season. You're my first follow-up, shall I say. I know. Um, (laughs) Shout out to your child also because... The podcast was um, really popular, and I had a lot of listeners asking questions. Um, So your child was on talking about being transgender, Mm -hmm. and lots of interest just in transgender people, but also in you, in the parents. Like, what's it like to come out to your parents, and what's it like for them to have a child come out to them? So I thought... Well, why don't we have a parent on? <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just tell us, what's that like? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it kind of was a, a gradual process. In high school, uh, Glory Day uh, came out as queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, me being a child of the 80s was also kind of, you know, I'm pretty liberal, open-minded, but I wasn't quite even sure what that meant, you know, <laughs> you know, how is that different from being a gay, lesbian, bisexual? Um, so that was kind of my first uh, introduction into this in general. And, you yeah. know, basically for people who don't know, I may not get it perfectly correct, but queer means, you know, you can love anyone, be they male, female, trans male, trans female, um, you know, non-binary, you're just open to loving that person. And I really, you know, I think when we grew up, queer just meant gay, um, but now it it has a different meaning. So I was like, okay, sure, Um, I'm, I'm for that, you know, love who you love. And uh, over I just stop you and ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. So, love who you love. Uh-huh. I get it, and I embrace the the philosophy as well. Mm-hmm. And yet, as a parent, I wonder how did that really feel for you to hear that your child is queer? Was it like love who you love if you're someone else, or even if you're my child? Like, was there any feeling of 
Mm. Well, you know, in full disclosure, at the time we were like in a gay bar and Glory Day was performing at the gay bar at, you know, the age of 16, um, you know, so, you know, as you can see, just from that alone, you know, pretty open family. Um, but no, it was it was still a shock. I, I thought they were, you know, straight female uh, up until then. And, you know, we were just talking and the person we were kind of talking with is like, so are you gay? Is your dad gay? Are you both gay? Like, what's going on? And Glory Day is like, uh, oh, I'm queer. And I'm like, oh, that's how they came out to me. Um, and so it took me a little while. And at first, honestly, I just thought it meant bisexual. I thought maybe they were actually just throwing it out there. I wasn't even sure. Um, so, you know, on the drive home, I'm like, you know, you kind of, and they're like, yeah, you, you caught that, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I caught that. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Um, and yeah, they just said, you know, hadn't explored it at that time, but, um, and I was fine with it. You know, I mean, we, like I said, we grew up, um, or raised our kids, you know, a pretty open household. We, went to the Unitarian Church for a long time, Universalist Unitarian, uh, like I said that backwards, um, and we don't anymore, but at the time very much raised in the sense of, of that, you know, you, it doesn't matter, you know, you just love everyone and every, you know, so uh, yeah, that didn't honestly phase me at all. Okay. Um, you know, that part of things, I think, you know, even growing up as a child, you know, in the 80s, I was always raised to believe that. So that wasn't a huge thing for me as a parent. Yeah. And then kind of fast forwarding, maybe four years, mid-college, uh, you know, had dated some girls, had dated some boys. Glory day, that is, not me. Um, so, and um, just uh, one day was like, started, like, I noticed it posting on things she slash they um and I think they talked about this on your podcast and um I didn't really you know I'm like you know what and I, we had known one they them in high school doing theater and that was all that I knew of and Glory Day before college knew of but I'm sure you know they, they went to college at New York NYU so it was a much bigger thing then, but that's my only exposure to it. And I kind of asked them about it and they were like, well, you know, I've just kind of been thinking about it more and, you know, gender is a social construct and, you know, and, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, I mean, that's true. Who's to say, you know, whether we act like a boy, we act like a girl. I mean, that's kind of the way I took it at the time, not having much knowledge, like, okay, sure. I was like, well, what do you want us to call you? You, whatever you want. Yeah, that's what they said at that time. And okay, so we continued with the she, her, you know, just they gave us permission to do that. And we took it, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe six months later, I noticed a social media post that somebody had responded, had put, put on there and Glory Day posted, I can tell how much someone cares about me, whether they take the time to put they, them or... And then I was like, okay, we need to have a conversation. I care um, about you. <laughs> yes, obviously I'm your daughter. I care about you. Um, and we had the conversation and it was, you know, and I think they said this on your podcast as well. Like she was giving themselves permission, like when she had she, they, that if somebody messed it up to not 
be like, excuse me, my pronouns are they, them, you know, um, but didn't really like that, but didn't want to be too, for lack of a better word, confrontational um, yeah. about it. And, uh, and I understood that and it took time. It still takes time. I still, the funny thing is, or not funny, I don't know, um, talking about them, it's much easier for me to say they, them. But when I'm talking to them, like when they are in the room, I often slip to she, her. Um, And it bothers me, one, because I, you know, want, you know, I'm not respecting their wishes, but also like, I'm like, I do it pretty much perfectly out in the open world, like talking to people who don't even know them or that they're non-binary. But for some reason, when they're in the room with me, I fall back into the old pronouns, you know, which I think falls back into this whole conversation of how does that affect you as a parent and, and your thought process. And I, you know, I wasn't 100% sure with where, you know, you wanted to go with this podcast, but um, you know, that it, it is a process, you know, I had friends, have friends who have had children who were gay, bisexual, trans, and if I had ever heard, you know, it was a slightly an issue in the family, you know, I'd be the typical liberal, you know, like, how dare you? This is your, you know, and I don't want to, you know, say that I had a problem with it, but it's not as easy as, as you know, as to be an outsider being like, of course you accept that. Um, you know, this is your child, you know, I raised for what I thought was a daughter, you know, um, and all of a sudden, you know, for them, it maybe have been a lifelong process. But for me, it was a matter of a year mm-hmm. where all of a sudden they were they them, which kind of gets your head around. And now um, really more they them leaning masculine. Of course, I love them and accept them. But the idea of you know, this was my, you know, my girl, you know, my daughter that I raised, you know, it, it, it's hard to, this, this, you know, to get your head around um, that transition. It's getting easier now that it's been, you know, out a couple of years, but still, you know, like pictures will pop up on Facebook and I won't know what to do because, you know, there'll be cute memories, beautiful memories of, Glory Day very much in a feminine dress, long hair. And I love the memory. And for a while, I would repost it because I'd be like, this is just a beautiful memory. Um, And we have not talked about this. So, but a couple of times, Glory Day has posted, I don't even recognize that person or something like that. And, you know, I think the first time I was like, I I recognize the you know, the determination in the eyes or the smile or something non, you know, binary, you know, that was what I was carrying from that photo. Um, but after like the second or third time, I was like, I wonder if that's just really painful for them. Like, that's not me anymore. And my dad's posting a picture saying this is a fond memory of I had with a child that they may or may not even identify as being like anymore and yeah it's weird we haven't talked about that I mean um but uh, um but yeah I just so I stopped right. you know posting those kind of reposts but that's kind of part of the story was I still have those memories and they're very real memories and they're 
I think valid memories. I mean, but a part of that, or at least the like, you know, picture part of it, the photo part of it can't be shared, I guess, without some feelings being hurt or people being like, well, I don't know if they're not wondering whether I'm re remembering the feeling or if they think I'm remembering like them like that. And that's the nostalgia, you know? Oh, I want that again. Like yeah. I'll pictures of my own children when they're young and be like, I want them back for five minutes. Like that's, exactly. you know, <laughs> exactly. and you don't want to be insulting to your child. Yeah. Say I want that when that's not who they identify. Exactly. exactly. That's a really interesting dilemma mm -hmm. that you have as a parent and you have other children. Mm -hmm. So do you post pictures of them as little kids and exactly. then not a glory day? Um, you, know, you know, one interesting one was it was like National Daughters Day. If you, I don't even know when it is, but it came back up and a memory of posted up of me posting my threes. I had my other children or daughters. So I posted it from a couple years ago. Like, so I'm like, mm, well, I can't really post that again. I said, but do I post something of the two younger, of the younger daughters? I was like, but then is that like excluding them? And I like didn't know what to do. And I was like, I just, I can't post it. You know, I was just like, I, <laughs> was like, I didn't know what to do. Um, so, and I know that would upset Glory Day. It was Glory Day would just be like, just do what you want. Like, I don't want to limit, you know, you. And, um, but you know, they are, they are real dilemmas um, that, you know, nothing compared to, you know, what obviously someone's going, dilemma somebody going through it has but as you know you still I they're still real um I think siblings and parents um their siblings have been amazing um grandparents are harder okay grandparents are very hard <laughs> um you know I think they get it but don't get it you know definitely cannot comply like even if they say they get it it's constantly she, her, and even if you're like they, and they're like, who? Well, who? Who's coming? I thought it was just Glory Day. And you're like, oh my God, how many times do we have to have this conversation? <laughs> you know? That's so hard. Yeah. You know, as a parent, like, uh -huh. you know, this is hard. Um, you know, even if you are completely supportive and on board, mm -hmm. you know, you have parents of your own and you want them to be supportive of you mm -hmm. and your child. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's probably one of the hardest ones is family gatherings where you just know there's going to be sprinkling of wrong pronouns the whole time. And it's like, ah. <laughs> and I assume that the pronouns are not just pronouns. There's feeling behind that when mm. they're not using the right pronouns. And Definitely. I don't know how they feel about, you know, your child or True. about transgender in general. Exactly. You know, I think pronouns are one of those things that we talk about a lot, you know, mm -hmm. when we're talking about transgender people, but mm -hmm. what are some of the other things that you felt like you really needed to learn to be, you know, to either learn for yourself or mm -hmm. to be supportive of your child? You know, I guess part of it was, you know, the growing up, you know, they've made reference in the past, uh, you know, I always, there were signs there, like I always felt, you know, like I was in the wrong body. And, um, you know, that was hard, was at first I was like, no, like you were fine. Uh, but then you realize, you know, you're just negating their, you know, their feelings and how they were. And, you know, I think there's also different levels to that it doesn't mean they were 
like to me it was like an attack almost like so your whole youth was miserable you know it was miserable but it wasn't you know there's degrees of that like no they had a happy childhood but just something felt off you know um you know, we went through the whole conversation about top surgery about a year ago. And, uh, you know, for your listeners who don't know, uh, you know, top surgery is basically, you know, having both breasts removed um, for a, a F to M trans person. I don't think I was as supportive with that as maybe I could have been. I'm a physician um, and I just felt... And it wasn't because I didn't support them being trans. It was just because I felt like that was a pretty dramatic medical procedure. I wanted to make sure it was being done for the right reason. And, you know, after speaking with Glory Day about it to some extent, it seems to me, and I and I could be wrong, you might need to do a follow-up to a follow-up of this podcast. <laughs> um but I felt like they were feeling some pressure from the trans community okay. to either be trans or, you know, or not be trans. Like don't, for heck of a better word, you know, half-ass it. Um, I didn't think that was fair either. You know, um, I think there's some bullying uh, on the side of the trans community to be like, well, you can pass as a cis female, so you don't get discriminated against. And there's some guilt associated with that. I don't think that's right, uh, personally, you know. Um, I think that, you know, the whole point to me of being non-binary or trans um, is to just be who you are. And it doesn't matter if you look like a boy or you look like a girl. It's who what you're feeling like um, on the inside. And that's identifying who you are. And... I think after some talk, and, and I'm not going to say it's off the table and I wouldn't support whatever decision they made, but I seem you know, after some talk, you know, they said they came to the conclusion that this is my body and this is the body that I have. And what I identify with this for with this body is um, is who I am. And, you know, both, you know, the trans community and, the, you know, the non-trans community has to deal with it. Um, and I'm not going to be pressured either way um, to that uh, extent. So that was kind of one thing that took me a little while uh, to something permanent, you know, I'm mean, not saying this isn't a permanent decision, but that's like a physical like permanency that to me, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I'm a physician and I know the extent of that surgery or if it's any parent or any person. But to me, that just seemed like, uh, like, like, let's hold on. Like, you know, let's not, uh, you, you know, do anything like that. Um, but, uh, but to that before, extent, go ahead. Before that, like, maybe you weren't as supportive when that conversation mm-hmm. came up. Mm-hmm. So what do you think came across when that conversation was brought up? I think I probably sounded like my fear wasn't, and again, we haven't talked about this, but that maybe I thought it was a phase and they'd grow out of it and then be um, like, oh gosh, what did I do? Um, You know, uh, that's not the way I meant it. You know, know, the, the thing I used when I talked to them was, 
you know, they're an actor in New York. Um, and I said, you know, what, you know, and this may be lame, but it's also a career. I mean, everyone has to have a career and do what's right things for their career. And I said, you know, what parts are you going for? Are you only going for male parts? Are you going for male or female parts? Are you only going for non-binary parts? Um, you know, what is, you know, you know, they played lots of parts that were very feminine. And I said, you know, the thought of doing those kind of parts, like how does it, you know, right before COVID, they were in kind of a cabaret type thing where they were very much dressed like, you know, a scantily clad female. And I said, you know, the thought of that and they're like, well, it kind of makes me ill to think about dressing like that now. I said, okay, then. But I'm like, what about these parts that have always been dream female roles? I said, are you pretty much writing those off? Mm -hmm. And uh, well, no, I don't know. Um, so I just, you know, so that was kind of what I used at the time, which may have been lame. I don't know. But I was like, you know, this is your career. And to me, you know, I used to be an actor and, um, you know, you don't want to do anything that limits your, your career. You know, to me, I would play, you know, just about any part as long as it wasn't offensive um, to someone. I would want to keep open any possibility, you know, that I could um you know obviously they don't want to go against who they are but you know i've women have played male parts um in lots of shows and and vice versa you know not meaning to be offensive or you know not like a tootsie kind of thing but uh you know uh in need of an actor to play that role um and you know you want to be flexible is my thought process and i don't know if that sounds lame to the trans community or not but that was kind of my thought is you know why limit yourself at the end of the day it's a career and you need to make money doing it. and as long as you're not doing anything you aren't comfortable with then uh you might as well leave your options open so. but do you think like deep down underneath there was a piece of you that was like but that means you're really not going to be a girl anymore Probably. I mean, probably there was the thing of like, is it possible that 10 years from now, you're gonna be married, have a kid, you know, want a nurse, you know, still be non-binary, but very much functioning, for lack of a better word, you know, as a female. Um, have all your parts so that yeah, you can do Mm -hmm. You can have a child, you know, this and that, you know, do you want to really do anything, you know, that permanent? Um, I mean, I know it's very different than other decisions, but if I think back to when I was in my early 20s, I mean, you're not always making the best decisions, you know, and I know that's, you know, again, I know that can be insulting, but I have to believe the decisions are decisions and, you know, you know, even though they could be very strongly that you know they want one to want something out of life it may not be what they want 10 years from now sure. so I think most people can probably say they've made a decision in their 20s that they wish they didn't make exactly and yet it can also sound extremely you know minimizing and invalidating of their experience and who they are exactly. but I you know I appreciate that because I'm you know if there's other parents that are listening right now that you know have a trans child that's why I asked like what have you learned because when they come out to you when they tell you that they're trans how could they respond you know like obviously you said like with Lori Day like 
this was something that they had been thinking about their whole life mm-hmm. for the parent this is brand new news mm-hmm. so you're going to be probably surprised mm-hmm. and how can you you know respond in a way that's the most supportive while also you know validating your own experience like whoa this is big news yeah. are you sure yeah the biggest thing is just being supportive and just saying like I you're going to have to be patient with me as I, as I figure it out because this is new to me and I'm going to do some research on it, you know, learning the difference between gender and like sex. I mean, you know, uh, you know, even as a doctor that took me like a little bit of like, wait, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's not the same thing. Um, you know, so, you know, those things are just going to take like some, a lot of parents probably haven't thought of, you know, you just have to take time and look into it. And, you know, I think these things ex- have existed. I just think we've had different terms for them in the past, mm-hmm. um, you know, that were maybe weren't, you know, very nice way to put things. Um, but, um, you know, it's just a matter of it getting defined now. And I think that's what makes it so, seem so prevalent is because we have a generation of kids that are, or in a young adults are just like, this is what I am. And we're unapologetically that. And if there's a problem with it, it's your problem. But now it's like in junior high, my, my youngest daughter will be like, oh yeah, he's gay. Oh yeah, they're gay. And I'm like, there's like openly out and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, that's great. But like, I can't even imagine, I know. you know? So yep. I think it's just changing, you know? I think it's, it's just a new, uh, new generation and we just gotta keep opening our minds. I think Lori Day actually said something that um, really stuck with me that I learned from the podcast when I interviewed them was that like gender is, you know, lots of people will say things like, well, it's a phase, you know, which is why you shouldn't have top surgery or you shouldn't start the hormones or because it's a phase, you'll grow out of it. Um, and they were really saying that like, everything's a phase. Like we're all like learning about ourselves throughout our whole lives. And if you're not sure who you are, or you want to sort of try that on, like how they tried on the she, they pronouns, they tried that for a while that didn't work. So then they switched to the they pronouns. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that that was really interesting. Like, it's not a phase. It's just an evolution of our, of who we are. That's true. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we change. People change all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And learn more about themselves. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's not that they were once a girl and now, now a boy. Like, but they're just learning about themselves. So they didn't know, you know. It wasn't even a construct that we could even imagine when I was a kid. So it wouldn't have been something that I would have even thought of uh, until I learned about it. And then I can question, am I a girl? Am I a boy? Oh, I am. I'm a girl. Okay. Um, But I wouldn't have even known to question that when I was, you know, a kid. And now, and just, I'm doing a play right now. And uh, there is an F to M in the play. And this is in rather small town, Iowa. Um, and you know, a lot of the kids have, may or may not be familiar with this. So one of the girls comes up to me and says, you know, what is, uh, you know, their preferred pronouns. And I said, you know, just, just ask, um, how can I just ask, is that insulting? And I said, no, I'm like, they, you know, they want you to ask and, and you can start off by being like, 
you know, I am Bob, I go by he, him, you know, what are your preferred pronouns? And I said, nobody should ever be offended by that. Um, I said, you know, or I think what Gloria Day has told me is you can kind of just start with the they, them, and then somebody can, can, you know, correct you and be like, actually my, I said, but you know, there's no problem with, you know, my middle child did that at, at work to somebody just said, hi, you know, I am she, her, you know, what, and they were they, them. And they're like, oh my God, no one's ever asked me that before. And um, so we practiced a little bit at practice, you know, play practice just with the different kids responding and also like not making, like, I was like, it's also not offensive to be asked. So if you're a girl who looks like a girl and someone says, what are your preferred pronouns? Don't be like, what do you mean? What am I? Just be like, thank you for asking, you know, she, her. Um, so it's just kind of this little five minute like moment that, you know, a group of like five girls that I was like, okay, you know, maybe these five girls are going to go forth and, yes. and be supportive and not, you know, say something, you know, off the wall that, you know, the next time they meet someone and, uh, and they were all very receptive to it, which which I loved. Um, and none of that one of them was like, that's stupid, that's crazy. Um, so just little, you know, interactions like that, um, I think, but people, you know, I mean, I finally started putting on all of my things, you know, he, him, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Glory said, you know, it shouldn't just be the non-binary people that do it or the trans people, like everyone should make it. And for a while, you know, I'm a professional, quote unquote, like I'm like, people are going to think it's weird. I'm like, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. So I did all my social media and emails and, you know, all that stuff. I went there, you know, put he, him and nobody's ever said anything. So I don't know if anyone's even noticed. (laughs) I've added it to my emails probably a couple of years ago and I did get a few people that said like why do you have your pronouns underneath your name um and I did explain why and how you know I want people to know that I'm an ally and that and hopefully that makes someone else whose pronouns are different than what we might assume makes them more comfortable sharing because they could see that I've shared my pronouns so yeah I think it's important and uh it's little steps like that I think normalize it uh, and, uh, you know, as the younger kids get used to it and it's going to be just like anything else, yep. it's part of everyday life. Yep. One other question, um, as you've been, and I'm, you know, I assume that this continues to be a process and like I said, an evolution for them as well as for you, what kind of support has been helpful to you? Are there organizations that you've, you know, become familiar with that have been helpful or um or what like what has been good for you as a parent um honestly I have not you know looked into you know any kind of organizations um you know the biggest help for me has been um speaking to my other you know two children and talking about you know what their thoughts are um, you know, what they feel speaking with Gloria Day themselves. And also my fiance um, always seems to bring an interesting perspective um, to it, you know, also very open-minded and liberal, but also as, you know, I don't want to say an outsider, but they're not really an outsider anymore. 
but having come in from the outside offered, you know, great perspective and keeps me grounded with it. And, um, but, you know, yeah, any kind of organizations, you know, I haven't even thought of that. Um, you know, it, it might be something I look into now, but I hadn't even, which is weird because listening to your podcast, you always suggest things like that. So I should listen better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, like, yeah. you know, have you been able to connect with other parents of trans kids or, or has that not been something? that you felt like you something yeah. I've never you know I have there's one I know a lot I shouldn't say lots but I know you know a, a number of children or young adults who are trans mm-hmm. um, don't know their parents um there is one uh parent in uh Des Moines of a trans M to F who we've chatted a little bit um but nothing really big about you know d- diving into the feelings of it just more of the support um but you know that is a, that is a good suggestion i don't even know you know anything like that in iowa but honestly it's probably not a bad idea yeah you know, iowa of all places to uh to maybe look if there's not something like that setting something up yeah uh, i was gonna say if anybody's gonna set it up that will be you <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else that you thought we should share today or i think we pretty much hit on everything and hopefully i didn't say anything too offensive to anyone from the heart honestly and uh you know it's a it's things are hard and we're still navigating them and i don't get it perfect all the time glory day knows you know my heart's in the right place and i want to be supportive and uh you know if i mess things up here and there you know it's not out of any kind of bad feelings or resentment it's just you're human (laughs) (laughs) if people do have questions or would like to reach out Um, to you is -hmm. there a way that they can do that um yeah i mean my email is fine um want me to say it um (laughs) it's pretty simple it's just bobbilly at yahoo.com b-o-b-f-i-l-i at yahoo.com my instagram is the same just at bobbilly um trying to get tiktok famous so if you want to look me up on there <laughs> i gotta get on tiktok but okay <laughs> i'm just embarrassing my kids at this point but it's gonna happen someday. i believe it will <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciated all of your your honesty and your vulnerability and always nice to talk to you yeah thanks mandy maybe i'll see you in september i hope so <laughs> Thank you so much to Bob for being on the show today. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Next week on the show, we're interviewing Eric Kusan. He is the founder of We're All a Little Crazy. It's a nonprofit. He's been in the sports field for over 15 years. He's started this nonprofit really to bring together athletes and celebrities, as well as expert practitioners to talk about mental health. Eric's own mental health took a sudden and rapid decline several years ago uh, due to some unresolved personal trauma, and he really realized how much uh, we don't talk about mental health, and when we do talk about it, we might not be talking about it in the best way. So we have a really interesting conversation with him coming up about how to talk about mental health and how to be supportive to all of us, because we all have mental health. 
So tune in next week for that. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.